0: Welcome to War in the Spirit, your resource for spiritual breakthrough and warfare, empowering you as believers to tap into your authority using the tools provided by God to bring about supernatural shifts. podcast. This is Faith Cawthon Green and you are listening to season two episode number three entitled Increase and Sacrifice. So if you listen to last week's podcast I had a few people on my husband, my pastor, and my spiritual brother to give their testimony about how they have moved in obedience and surrender to God and seeing God begin to align them with increase on their life. And so today we're going to go a little bit further in talking about increase and one of the things that's required in order to see increase manifest in your life. And another thing that we're going to talk about that must be produced in order to see increase manifest on your life is sacrifice what are you willing to give up or sacrifice for your increase are you willing to obey god even if it means giving up something god won't give us more if he knows the little that we have already rules our lives because when we get more we will become drunk with materialism we'll become drunk with power we'll become drunk with pride if When we only have a little, we allow the little to rule our lives. The word says, if you're faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many. But you have to first show God that you can be faithful over a few things. You have to first show God that those few things do not rule over you, that they do not take precedent in your life over God, over what God wants you to do in your life, over what God wants you to have in your life, and over your relationship with God. And so oftentimes, God will require us to, To make a sacrifice in order to receive increase in our lives. And we're going to talk about a few examples of where we see this happen in the Bible. I'm also going to give you a little bit of my testimony and some of the things that I've had to sacrifice and how I've seen God bring increase into my life. I want to first start by just talking a little bit about what we discussed in the last podcast and what I was telling you about opening your hand. And so when you surrender to God, you open your hands and you give God everything. That means you're not holding on to anything in your life. That means that you're opening your hand and you're saying, God, I give it all to you. And when you do that, you're releasing the current level that you're at and you're giving God permission to level you up. But when you close your fist and you say, I'm holding on for dear life to, to what I've got because I don't have much. God is saying, because you don't trust me and you won't open your hand to me with what you've got, I can't give you more. And so not only are you holding on to lack, you're also closing your hand and blocking God from placing anything more in your hand. And so we have to posture ourselves to surrender to God and open our hands so that God can not only take what we have and do something with it, but also place something more in our hands. We have to really stop clinging to our stuff so much. We have to stop clinging to our practical mindset about what we think things should look like, about what we think we need, about how we think that God should do it. And we have to truly surrender all that we are and all that we have so that we can see God truly move in our lives in the way that we really desire to see him move. So the first example of sacrifice that I want to talk about that we see in the word of God is Abraham. I know that many of you have heard the story about Abraham, that Abraham was father of many nations. But Abraham's obedience and willingness to sacrifice for God is what put him in the position to receive such an increase on his life. So we're going to look at Genesis 22, 1 through 18. It says, sometime later... God tested Abraham he said to him Abraham here I am he replied then God said take your son your only son whom you love Isaac and go to the region of Moriah sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you early the next morning Abraham got up and loaded his donkey he took with him two of his servants And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place. The Lord will provide Jireh. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. There are a few things to note about this passage. So, if you know the story of Abraham, Abraham and his wife Sarah waited for a child for a long time. Sarah, his wife, was barren for many, many years. They waited over a hundred years. To have a child. That God had promised them. And so here it is. This miracle child that God has provided for Abraham. God is now telling him. Sacrifice your son. And in Abraham's obedience to God. Not only did God provide a sacrifice for Abraham to sacrifice. He kept him from sacrificing his son. He also promised to give Abraham great increase on his life. And so sometimes even when we've been waiting and we've been praying and and we've been in lack and we've been waiting for something for so long and we finally get the thing that we have been praying for, oftentimes God will test us even in that because God wants to give us even more than what we've been praying for. The word says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ever ask or think. So God wants to give us more than what we asked for. But he will even test us in what we will do once he gives us what we asked for. So Abraham has received what he's been praying for for all of these years. And here it is, God says, go sacrifice the only son that you have. The one that you've been praying for for years. And Abraham's posture of sacrifice and surrender and obedience to God was such that he was willing to sacrifice that thing that he had been waiting for and praying for for years. And if you notice in the passage, the posture of his faith to believe that God was not going to take that son from him. Here it is, God has told him to sacrifice his son. But when his son asked Father Where is the lamb? He said, The Lord will provide a lamb for the burnt offering. So God was testing the posture of his heart. And if you notice, as soon as God saw that Abraham was willing to make the sacrifice, God provided. And there was a ram in the bush for Abraham to sacrifice. And because of the posture of his heart, God gave him even more, exceedingly abundantly beyond all that he could ask or think. He made him a father of many nations. He gave him something that he had not even asked for. And so I would charge you to posture yourself to be willing to sacrifice what you have for God, not because God wants to take it from you, But because God wants to know the posture of your heart. And God wants to give you more. But he also wants to know that he can trust you with more. And so that trust is a mutual thing. In order for you to show God that he can trust you more. You also have to trust him more. We have to move in a greater level of trust of God. To believe that he doesn't want to take the things from us that he's given to us. But he does want to test the posture of our hearts. So that he will know that he can trust us with even more than what we've been asking for. And I'll give you an example of this in my own situation. I have a great testimony, and I believe it's getting even greater. So, you know, in 2018, my husband and I, we took a lot of hits financially. And just in general, we we took a lot of hits. We made a lot of sacrifices. There were a lot of things that God instructed us to do that were a, a great sacrifice for us. But we were obedient to God in everything. And even in that, even in our financial struggles, even in our hardships, we continued to sow. And so we moved out of our old home. And when we moved, God said to me, leave your clothes and your shoes behind. (laughs) And if you know me, you know that I love clothes and I love shoes and I was conflicted by that and I was like, God, what do you mean leave it all behind? And what he said to me was that he wanted to give me a whole new life and that I needed to leave the remnant of the old life behind in order to embrace the new life that he was bringing me into, the new purpose that he was bringing me into, the new assignment that he was bringing me into, and that I needed to leave the remnants of the old behind behind so that I could embrace the new so I left everything behind I brought maybe two or three days worth of clothes with me and I was very conflicted by this because when we moved I was like all right God I don't have that many clothes what am I gonna wear and we were also having some financial struggles so it wasn't like I could just go out and ball out and just be like I'm gonna buy all new clothes But I had to trust God at another level. It pushed me to trust God at another level. And so when the new year turned over, my husband and I received an unexpected lump sum of money. And God said to me, go shopping, get a new wardrobe. And I was mind blown by the way that God did that. And I just was like, wow. You know, God, I, I had to give all of that up. And I and I will tell you that the wardrobe that I have now is much better than the one that I had before. And God has tested us multiple times in this area. So he gave us this lump sum of money and he also tested us in how we would spend this money. So, you know, we, we've been kind of building our production equipment we do music my husband does some video content he has a podcast and so God said instead of putting it into a, a new home instead of putting it into what the practical mind says you should put it into instead of just stacking it all away go and spend it on these things I want you to go and buy some new sound equipment I want you to buy some video equipment I want you to do this I want you to do that I want you to sow this amount of money here and there. And I was so conflicted because I'm not used to spending that kind of that amount of money. And I was like, God, no, I want to hold on to this. Here it is. We've come out of this season of lack. You've given us an abundance and I want to hold on to it. I don't want to go back into a season of lack. And God said to me, trust me that there's more coming. So if I'm telling you to spend this, I'm setting you up to receive more. So the very thing that you've been praying for, the very thing that you've been praying over, God will test you in what you will do with it and what and whether you will be obedient to him because what he's really doing is testing to see if he can give you your exceedingly abundantly and if you can handle the exceedingly abundantly and if you're going to be willing to do with it what he wants you to do with it and not fall into this space of holding on to it because you came out of a season where you didn't have that exceedingly abundantly where you didn't have increase and so God will break you out of that old season you can't bring the remnants of the old season into the new season so let's look at another example of what sacrifice looks like You know, it's often uh, pretty popular for churches and other groups to fast at the beginning of the year. And I began to think about this earlier this week as, as I was doing my Bible study and my devotion. And I kept thinking to myself, why is it called a fast? And so I began to dig into the word and look at some examples of fast in the Bible, and um, God began to reveal some things to me. So the first thing that I want to look at is Daniel. We're going to look at two passages in the book of Daniel. We're going to read Daniel uh, 1, 8 through 20. It says, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. Please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for ten days. At the end of the ten days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the musicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. So what God was showing me is that a fast, which is a greater level of sacrifice in our lives, it's an intentional sacrifice. It's we're saying, God, I'm surrendering my essentials, my life essentials, my food, the things that I need in order to survive to you. And I'm making this sacrifice to show you the posture of my heart. And so what God was showing me is that a fast is actually a way to fast forward you into something greater because you're showing God a greater level of sacrifice in your life. So if you look at this example, Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle and Azariah fasted for 10 days and at the end of the 10 days they received knowledge. They received understanding and they received greater gifts in the spirit because they understood visions and dreams. Not only did they receive knowledge, wisdom and elevation in the spirit, also received an elevation in their position because they found favor with the king and the king placed them in a position to be his advisors. So they fasted for 10 days and look at the amount of shift that God brought to their lives just based on that 10 day fast. And so God shows us again here that the sacrifice is what he's looking for because it shows him the posture of our hearts and that when we show him that we're willing to sacrifice the things that are important to us in our lives for him then it shows him that we are ready and postured to receive increase so we'll look again at Daniel 10 uh, 1 through 12 I'm not going to read the entire passage Um, we're going to start at verse two at that time I Daniel mourned for three weeks I ate no choice food no meat or wine touched my lips and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of a great river Tigris, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold of Upaz about his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches. His arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I Daniel was the only one who saw the vision those who were with me did not see it but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves so I was left alone gazing at this great vision I had no strength left my face turned deathly pale and I was helpless then I heard him speaking and as I listened to him I fell into a deep sleep my face to the ground a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees he said Daniel you who are highly esteemed consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up for I have now been sent to you and when he said this to me I stood up trembling then he continued do not be afraid Daniel Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. So here it is again. God gives us another example of how he responds to sacrifice. It says Daniel mourned for three weeks. He ate no choice food or meat or wine. No wine touched his lips. He used no lotions for three weeks and he had a divine visitation. And in that visitation, he was told since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself, your words were heard and I have come to respond. So God will respond to you as soon as you show him that you're postured to humble yourself before him, that you're postured to make a sacrifice for him. Doesn't mean that you be waiting for a year that you're going to be sacrificing for a long period of time. It's all about the posture of your heart. So the next type of sacrifice that I want to talk about is sowing. And uh, I'll just tell you, as I was telling you earlier, I, my husband and I shared this testimony with our, our church on Sunday, about this lump sum of money, and this upcoming Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday is also Supersede Sunday for our church. And God was speaking to me about Supersede Sunday, and He was he gave me a word to release to the people that Supersede Sunday. It's not a coincidence that it's on Super Bowl Sunday, and that everyone that sows a supersede will receive a super abundance. And so I was just kind of talking to the people about that. And I was telling them our story and how, even through all of the hardship that we had last year, we sowed our way through it. And so I it would encourage you guys not to just see your way through it, not to just pray your way through it, sow your way through it. Because as we continue to sow, even if it was just $5, even if it was just $10, we continue to sow with what we had because God will test your heart even in your lack. God wants to see that you're still postured to to surrender what you have to him and that you trust him enough to sow that he will continue to provide for you. And so, I would encourage you to to sow your way through your hardship, sow your way through your issues. And it's not about the amount of money that you give. It's it's about seeds of sacrifice, it's about it's about seeds of service, it's about financial seeds, it's about your sacrifice in multiple areas. But when you sow a financial seed, it's not about the amount of money that you will give. It's about the level of sacrifice that it is for you. And so as we sowed our way through last year, even when we didn't have much, we had a desire to continue to sow. And and we understood that it's not about giving money to the church. It's about showing God the posture of our hearts. And because God doesn't need our money to fund his church. God will send send provision for the church. Sowing seeds is a way for us to sow into our increase. So when you put seeds in the ground, they must grow, right? That's how you reap a harvest. So God has given us a way to plant into our harvest so that, he can bring an abundance and an increase into our lives. So sow your way through it. Because my husband and I now are in the position to sow a $10,000 seed for Super Seed Sunday. And last year, <laughs> we were doing good to be able to sow a $10 seed. So I want to just encourage you. And the, the word backs it up. Let's look at... Um, 2 Corinthians 9 6 through 15. It says, Remember this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have desired in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you. of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else and so here it is God has said hey if you sow sparingly you reap sparingly so what you put in the ground is also what you reap and it also says if you are a sower I will continue to provide for you God provides seed to the sower I will continue to provide for you. So if you posture yourself to set to make that sacrifice to God, God is going to continue to provide for you so that you can continue to sow, but not only so that you can continue to sow also so that you can be increased in your life. I feel like so many people have issues with sowing into the kingdom. And I just want to address that because I feel like people have issues with sewing because maybe they've seen um, the posture of a church leader, or uh, they've seen money be mismanaged, um, or or they have wounds or issues with that, or they or they're seeing a church leadership walking in abundance and looking at the situation and going, "Well, he's got everything. Why should I sew into this church so he can have more?" And it's not about You're not sowing into a person. You're sowing into a system. You're sowing into the system of God. You're sowing into the system of God's favor. You're sowing into the system of God's increase. So when you give your gift, don't think of it as you giving a gift, a sowing into a man of God or sowing into the church itself. Think of it as sowing into God and sowing into your own increase. Because at the end of the day, when you sow, you have done your part, okay? And what the church that you are under or the leadership that you are under do with that money, they will have to answer to God about that. But if you do not sow, you will have to answer to God about that. And so I would charge you to posture yourself not before man, but before God for the sacrifice. Not before man for the sacrifice. And it's not between you and man. It's between you and God. God knows your heart. God knows what you what you can give and what you're willing to give. And he knows the level of sacrifice that it is for you to give whatever you have given. And so posture yourself to set yourself up for increase. Do not allow another person's fleshly or sinful ways. To keep you from receiving your increase. Because you got caught up in what someone else was doing. It's not about that. It's all about the posture of your heart. They will have to answer for the posture of their hearts. I feel like this is an issue that comes up so much. And so I, as as we're talking about sewing, I felt like I needed to address it. Um, your increase. Your surrender, your sacrifice, your salvation is in your hands. It's your decision. You have to posture yourself before God. No one else can answer for you. Only you can answer for you. And so you have to make a decision that says, I'm going to do what God said to, period. And if you feel a type of way about the way that the church or, or the or the house of worship that you're under is handling the money, then maybe you need to be, you, you, you need to intercede on behalf of that situation and you begin to speak against the spirit of greed, any device of the enemy that would come against that leadership to keep them from operating in the way that God would have them to operate. So you need to intercede. And if you feel like it's a situation where you feel uncomfortable, then you need to begin to ask yourself and pray to God to show you if that really is the place for you. And maybe you need to be looking for a new church home. But I digress. We went off on a little bit of a tangent. And so, you know, I just wanted to close this discussion out with, again, showing you what God is truly looking for in us that will show him that we are prepared for the increase so matthew 6 19 through 21 says do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The posture of your heart must be tested to show God what you will be willing to do with the increase. And so if you hold on to it and you store up your treasures on earth, if you spend all of your time worried about holding on to your material goods, what you're showing God is that your heart is with Those things as opposed to your heart being with him. What are you willing to give up for your increase? What are you willing to walk away from for your increase? Are you so busy clinging to what you have that you are missing the move of God in your life? Are you so busy looking at where you came from that you cannot obey God and what he's telling you to do? To get you to where you're going. Where is your heart? For where your treasure is. There your heart will be also. So if you posture yourself to treasure the material things. More than you treasure the heavenly father. And your relationship with him. Then you're showing God. That you're not ready to handle more. But if you posture yourself in a way that says God. I give it all to you then you're showing God that you're posturing in a way that you can handle the increase. And I'll even go a step further as to why God tests us in this way. Proverbs 13, 22 says, A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. So I was reading this earlier this week, and God gave me a great revelation about it. As I began to pick apart this verse, I said, Why does God separate the good person and the righteous? It says a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. But a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. And I begin to think about that. And so a good person is not necessarily a righteous person. You can be good. You can do all of the good deeds in the world and still not be walking in the righteousness of God. And so and when I think about an inheritance, I think about something that someone has worked for their entire life to leave behind for one or a few people, whether that's their children or whether it's nieces or nephews or, or sisters or brothers or whomever. An inheritance is generally designated for one or a few people. So the good man in this passage works his entire life with the work of his hand to leave an inheritance for his children's children but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous so here it is God has separated the good person and the righteous the righteous receives a sinner's wealth so what God is saying here is the good person worked for what they were to leave the righteous person had favor And was able to receive the wealth that someone else has stored up. Again, it's the difference between the work of your hands and the work of God's hands. When you put it in God's hands, he will allow you favor. He will show you favor to where you're not only subject to the work that your hands can do. So I'll show you what else God was showing me about this. Like I said, an inheritance is normally designated for one or a few people but it says the sinner's wealth is stored up when i think about that i think about a storehouse a storehouse is not just for one or a few people a storehouse is for a multitude of people to tap into that resource so the sinner's wealth was stored up for the righteous but the good person left an inheritance. You see, God will test us in our ability and our willingness to sacrifice what He's given us because when He gives us increase, it's not just meant to be an inheritance for one or a few people it's meant to be a storehouse that is going to serve the body of christ the kingdom of god so what you get you will also pour back into the kingdom so that there's a storehouse for god's people to tap into so when you receive increase the increase is not just for you and this is why god will test your heart and your posture and your willingness to sacrifice Before he will give you a great level of increase because God's system is designed to show you favor so that you can show someone else favor so that when you become the lender and not the borrower, you can show someone else favor and help them come up to being a lender and not a borrower. When you become the head and not the tail, you can go back and show someone else favor so that they can become the head and not the tail. It's not just meant for you. Your increase is meant to increase the kingdom, not just your own life. It is meant to be a storehouse, a pool of resources. And I think all too often we as believers do not receive the true prosperity on our lives the true increase that God has for us because we're not postured in a way that says we're willing to sacrifice and give God everything so that we can receive what he wants to give us but also so that we can give what he wants to give us so my charge to you today is to seek God for what it is that he might be looking for you to give over to him. What it is that he might be looking for you to sacrifice to him in order to show him that you can be trusted with the increase that you're seeking, to show him that you can be trusted that when you receive that increase, you will not keep it to yourself. You will allow it to become the storehouse that God designed for it to be. Your increase is imminent as long as you posture yourself before God in surrender, in obedience, and in sacrifice. Well, that wraps our session for today. I just want to thank you for taking the time to tune in. I'm so humbled and grateful for the privilege of being used as a vessel by God, and I pray that you have been blessed by the content of this podcast. If you have questions or comments about today's session, please leave a voice recording on the podcast page and I will respond to you. You can also email me at warinthespirit12 at gmail.com. If you are led, you can sow into the ministry at Cash App, dollar sign, Collective Live. And you can find the ministry on Facebook at Collective Live Worship. Remember, you are a spiritual warrior with God-given power and authority. Walk in it. I'm praying for your breakthrough increase in abundance. Have a spirit-filled week and tune in next Wednesday. Love you all. Be blessed.